Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. I'm your host, Steve Watts, not joined by my usual co-host, pre-Shelby Oaks, Chris Duckman, and instead joined by our good friend, Jake Culp, for the second episode in an ongoing series in which we are inviting people onto the pod to talk through their top five Blast movies. Before we dive in, let's hear a word from our sponsor. As always, the Blast Podcast is presented by the Blast app, which is going to be available sooner than you may realize. Make sure you're following our Instagram page at Blast underscore movies underscore, our TikTok at Blast.movies, and our YouTube channel at Blast.movies to stay up to date on all of our latest content. There you'll find podcast clips, movie ticket reviews from Ty and myself, and up-to-date news on the progress of the app. Lastly, please make sure to check out our app's landing page at Blastmovies.net where you can learn more about what Blast is going to be. All right, Jake, what have you watched this week? And uh, I, I expect you to wow me with more movies than Ty usually does. Yeah, so actually, normally in a normal week, Ty probably beats me in terms of his total number. Um, this week, I got, <clears throat> excuse me, I got lucky. Um, uh, I watched f- three movies and then we'll we'll do an asterisk because I have another one that I want to shout out. Um, so the first one I saw was a documentary called Jin and Jin and um, it is set in Palestine in 2002, um, and it is after a conflict there. Obviously, you can probably imagine the context of it. It's a documentary that talks to Palestinians only and gets their perspective on everything. Uh, it was very powerful for me. Um, I know you you guys like to ask about, you know, is it a blast movie, things of that sort. I would say yes, because I learned a lot about uh, just the experience of Palestinian people and I would give it an A. It was very powerful, um, but it was definitely a blast movie in a different way than I think normally sets it. But it was it was an experience that was very unique to me and very cool. Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. Real yeah. quick, if I can chime in here, um, when I worked at Facets last time, they and I think this isn't confidential anymore. I got to watch a animated short film about a girl who goes to class in a like refugee kind of city and the teacher has everybody come up and like point to the country they're from on the map and she goes up there and she's like completely lost. It was a heartbreaking short um that I think did a pretty good job of educating on on some of the issues down there from more than one perspective that we usually see in the mainstream media. But I digress. Please move along. <laughs> No, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's very important to understand everything that's going on. So I would highly recommend anybody who maybe wants to learn more about um, everything going on in in the, in in Palestine and Gaza and Rafa. It's it's very important. But uh, moving on, like you said, to uh, a bit of a change up in terms of the type of movie. Uh, I had my daughter over this weekend, and we rocked a nice uh, night at the museum. Uh, and then Night at the Museum 2, Battle of the Smithsonian, double feature. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was definitely, it was an experience. Uh, I hadn't seen these movies in forever, but I, I saw they were on Disney. I was like, hey, let's throw them on. And she was like, yeah, I'll watch them. And um, the first one, definitely a blast movie. I, the, the, you know, the original Night at the Museum, it has the sauce, right? Like that is, there's a reason they got three of those movies in total. Like that 
it was a fun time. It's like a C plus movie in terms of movie grade, but like <laughs> sitting there, I'm like, I felt like a kid again. It was, it was awesome. Um, she did get a little bit scared at the, uh, T-Rex part because yeah. I didn't prep her well enough. That's my fault. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's intimidating, you know, at first, cause you don't know what's going on, but otherwise it was a great experience. Uh, of course the other one, the second movie of the series now the museum battle of Smithsonian, not as good. Definitely your, uh, late, 2000s early 2010s like corporate sequel um if that makes any sense yeah but you know still a, still a time it's a good experience for kids she liked it a lot so um so that was our that was our double feature awesome. um yeah and then a couple a couple not movies but uh, one one is a movie but wasn't watched this week and then a couple not movies so i wanted to shout out super kitties and bluey um bluey you and i had actually talked about last time off the pod like right after we had finished recording during our last one about the, uh, in our last pod the last black man in san francisco and i had told you how much i loved bluey unironically a top five tv show for me probably ever i i will watch that nonstop. Now, uh, my daughter is getting into, she has a new show that she really likes called Super Kitties. Uh, I will say, uh, not my cup of tea as much. (laughs) However, I respect it. It's not made for me. I understand the context, right? Um, But they're both good times. They both wanted to shout them out. Uh, I respect Super Kitties. It it definitely wears on me a little bit quicker than Bluey does. Um, So I sometimes have to negotiate with her. I'm like, okay, can we throw in Bluey now? Sometimes she'll be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then I'm good. You put on Bluey, I'll sit down and watch. I will sit down and watch. Like, I recommend anybody out there, take 30 minutes, watch four Bluey episodes. It'll change your life. I promise. promise. Wow. Life-changing TV there. (laughs) Um, I I actually just found out that Bluey is a girl. I had no idea. So when I started the show, I also thought Bluey was a boy. And then uh, her younger sister, Bingo, was a girl. I was like, which is right. She is. But they're both girls. uh, Queens. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, that's uh, I'm very serious about Bluey. You know how serious I take Bluey. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my honorable mention was not watched this week. It was a couple weeks ago while I was dog sitting. Uh, I was at somebody else's uh, place and I had been wanting to watch Warrior, which I know is a big movie Ty is a big fan of. Um, and I did, I, I found it on Tubi, um, and Tubi, if you are not aware, if you don't have an account, you sit through commercials, like not like ads, you're sitting through like commercial breaks, right? Like you're watching TV essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was an experience. Uh, it was great. I, I loved it. It was, uh, definitely a blast movie. I give it like a B minus movie grade, but in terms of blast content, super entertaining, uh, really enjoyable. I love the fight scenes. I love some of like the dramatic scenes. Um, and yeah, overall, great experience. I, Ty and I have already um, kind of talked about our experience with it because I know how much he likes it. But I had to shout it out on the pod so that people knew that it is it is a good experience. And he's he's definitely got he's on to something when he talks about how much he loves that movie. Yeah, Ty's going to be upset that he uh, couldn't make it onto this episode because I'm sure that the next like 30 minutes of this pod would just be consumed by warrior talk. Uh, I was yeah, I was about to say, we're not getting anywhere in this pod if he was on this. <laughs> exactly. Um, my first watch, have you seen Moonrise Kingdom? I have not. I've heard of it. I have not seen it. 
So it's a Wes Anderson film, Loaded Cast. It's got Bruce Willis, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, all these big names. Jason Schwartzman is even in there. Um, not really my cup of tea. And I, I was semi-surprised because usually I really do appreciate Wes Anderson's sense of humor. But for this one, I think the two, it, it's it's kind of like a teenage romance. And the two teens that are in the romance just like, I could not get behind, I guess. Uh, they're a little too weird for me. Um, one, one, They're both like kind of psychotic, so just not really my thing. However, the next movie, Under the Silver Lake, is absolutely a blast movie. It is an A-plus blast movie. Have you seen this yet? No, is that, does Andrew Garfield's in that, correct? Am yes, I... he is. Okay, I've, it... I've seen stuff about it, have not watched it. I am begging you, watch this. Not well, AJ is within like a 50 mile <laughs> radius of your house, but <laughs> please <laughs> watch this movie. I have shown this now to, I think, seven of my friends. And the only person who has like understood and like really gotten behind it with me is Ty. Um, so I'm a little upset that he couldn't make it on here too, because I think he would have had a good time discussing it with me. It is sex-filled and just really absurd like dreamlike nightmarish it's it's everything in the first like two minutes of the movie this will give you a good idea you see a squirrel fall down from a tree and then cgi lift its head to give out one last like cry to andrew garfield before it dies it's absurd sounds like a movie yeah, yeah. I I love the messages that it has in it. I think that it is actually fairly profound and misunderstood for its time. Moving on, Phenomena. I don't think you know this, but I have been on a slow quest to watch all of the Dario Argento giallos. And Phenomena is about a girl who can communicate with bugs and uses, like, her ability to communicate with maggots to find dead bodies of a serial killer and catch him. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. No, that sounds really interesting. Actually. It's a, it's a wild one. Um, I don't think you're a Halloween fan, but the doctor from Halloween, Donald Pleasance is the, like the, the guy who is helping the girl, like kind of realize her powers and, and help find the serial killer. But in this movie, he is in a wheelchair and he has trained a monkey to push him around in the wheelchair. And that alone makes this a blast movie and gives it a B plus rating. And this is all live action, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, now, now, now I really need to see it. I need to see just that. I, that might that might settle it for me. It's it's actually so amazing and the monkey plays like an integral role in the plot of this film which is just automatically an A plus for me. Uh, moving on. On Valentine's Day, Morgan really wanted to go see Argyle and I felt like I had to appease her. This is probably the worst movie I've seen in 5 years. I've heard nothing but bad things about it. <laughs> It's so it's two and a half hours long, um, full of twists. And for anybody listening to this pod who has not seen it yet, please know Dua Lipa, Henry Cavill, John Cena, 
all those draws that are in the trailer are in the movie for probably less than 10 minutes collectively. Big disappointment for me as a as a big Cavill fan, but Cavill also like had this weird like I don't know Minecraft blocky look. He kind of looked like Johnny Bravo in this movie. I saw the pictures and I was like, what are they doing to my guy? Cause that's a good looking man. Like Henry Cavill was a good looking guy and they just mm-hmm. botched it. I mean, they botched it. It was all the haircut, but like haircut does it for a guy. And he just, it doesn't, yeah, I need, I need a good looking Henry Cavill. I don't need it, but like he's there. He's already there. It feels, I don't know. It feels stupid to have like a guy who, and, and no offense to Cavill's acting talents, but I feel like he is kind of built upon his looks. I feel sure, like that's sure. kind of stupid to to make him look like dumb. I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of my point. I don't mean to be like I don't, I don't I'm not trying to objectify him of course. Uh he's a good actor. I enjoy him as an actor. However, again, good-looking guy, we don't need to necessarily bring him back to like normie level. If you stuck right. him at like at like good looking, at least that's something you can get out of the movie. I don't I don't know. I guess that's also objectifying him. So I'll just I'll just stop on that. I it's it's okay. I think we're getting our point across. But please do not see this movie. I I saw when it came out or when I after I had seen it, I looked at the box office numbers, and it had made just shy of thirty million on a, a reported two hundred to two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. <laughs> When are we going to acknowledge that like budgets for movies are definitely money money laundering schemes? Every movie nowadays is a hundred plus million, and half of them are horrible. Yeah, if you're going to make a horrible movie, and and I'm not talking like it just happens to be bad. I'm talking like you could have seen this being a bad movie, right? I'm saying, look, if you have a bad movie that you got to get out there, I think we need to start restricting the length of it. Make it ninety minutes. Make it Agreed. make it an hour forty. Like at least get us in and out of there, right? Like mm-hmm. at least get me somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's that's a little mean, but it, it just it's really weird. I don't love that these movies are all costing so much and look horrible. <laughs> I I agree. Um, that that hour and a half mark was what I was hoping for with Argyle. Two and a half hours is a is a long runtime for any spy like action movie. Yeah, two and a half hours is crazy. That's like that's like Chris Nolan area, like just in general. And yeah. that's already like if you got two and a half hours, I need something at least half decent. Exactly. Um anyways, rounded out the week with a couple of bad watches and one good one. Um first the first paranormal activity I watched with Morgan. She had never seen it and she had talked about remembering her parents like watching it when she was a kid and coming downstairs and just being terrified uh seeing it but this one has never been that special to me um paranormal activity the marked ones actually is a is more of a blast movie for me it's the one of the first horror movies i ever watched at uh one of my baseball teammates uh birthday party sleepovers and his we were watching that movie in the basement and his brother jumped into the window well and started like banging on the glass and just scared the absolute shit out of us Uh, but after that vhs2 this one i don't think is a 
last movie necessarily, but it is a B plus blast grade for me. I had a great time with it, as I do with all the VHS movies. I don't know if you're familiar with these, but you should also not watch these if AJ is within 50 miles of your house. Uh, <laughs> very, very gross, horrifying, oversexualized. <laughs> Yeah, I figured with the VHS, I figured it was knowing you, knowing your watching habits and seeing something called VHS. I was like, yeah, this is probably like the most intense horror I've ever seen. I'm not really a horror guy already. I'm sure that would keep me up for like 48 hours straight. Yeah, this one, VHS 2 has kind of like a zombie theme to it, um, which is interesting because usually I think of them as more either like just paranormal or slashers uh but this one went in a little different of a direction i think it's probably my least favorite of the franchise but still a great watch ended off the week with raiders of the lost ark which i have talked about a million times on this podcast yes it's blast movie a plus blast grade i don't want to dwell on that because i am very excited to hear about your top five blast movies so I, I see you have a lengthy list of honorable mentions here, and I'm I'm excited to hear you talk about them. Yeah, um, I would like to apologize to all the listeners at home before I start this list. I have I, I spiraled. As Steve can probably tell, I spiraled a little bit. I the thing is. You're, you're talking about a blast movie and blast I feel like encompasses so much um you know there's so many different ways you can describe a blast movie and you guys have done an awesome job over the last few months kind of talking about your experiences with blast movies um what is a blast movie what isn't and it's so subjective right and so I started making this top five list and I was like well if this is in the list I gotta put this one and then I was like well if I, I was like all right I'll do a small list of five honorable mentions and now we're at a, probably about 15 <laughs> um, <laughs> which is nowhere near so at this point I kind of got rid of the top five uh, <laughs> regulation but I will speed through my honorable mentions and just a quick tidbit about why I love them and they are blast movies to me and then I will jump into my actual top five so awesome. anything you need yeah okay we're good there okay yeah. cool so first one on my honorable mentions, Moneyball. I don't even need to explain it. It's Moneyball. You know, most likely you've seen it. If you haven't, go see it. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill just being absolute studs for two hours talking about math. Beautiful movie. Um, speaking of beautiful movies, Waves 2019. Don't watch this unless you are like <laughs> mentally in a place or maybe you don't have to go anywhere for maybe a day and a half or so and are also ready to not watch this movie again for six plus months. Um, I have gotten two watches in on it uh, of ever. And I watched this movie the first time, probably two years ago. And the second time I had to stop halfway through Steve, uh, you know, I know you've seen it. I, I got it. Do you want to guess what part I stopped at the second time? Like I watched it. I'm, I'm guessing pretty soon after uh, <laughs> Calvin Harrison listens to I am a God by Kanye. <laughs> pretty close pretty close yeah uh so walking up walking up to the after party house i like Mm. he's walking up and you know what comes next and i just it was late i this is a while ago that i watched the second time and i just was like you know what we'll push that off till the morning and i just waited and was like we'll split this up and do it we'll do it in twos and i did and it was still a great experience amazing movie beautiful movie um watch it just be mentally prepared 
So I have to say, I I kind of mentally tortured myself. I know Ty knows this story. I don't think you do. I decided in my film theory and criticism class to write about my term paper was how Waves reinvents the movie musical into a soundtrack film and what that means for the future of cinema. And I watched this movie, I think like 15 times uh in two weeks while i was writing that and listen to the soundtrack like every single day i think that i would die like <laughs> like actually like that is just such an emotional toll you are i i know you're a different breed in general when it comes to watching movies but like that specific experience and i don't mean to scare any of the audience away this is an incredible movie you need to see it at some point in your life I'm just giving you a fair warning. Do not watch it 15 times in two weeks. That's that's my. It, that's it does my take asterisk. a mental toll. <laughs> it does. It does. I. That by the way, that paper sounds incredible. But uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that for that many times. Yeah. Oh brutal. my goodness. So now I'll keep jumping. I don't want to hold this up too long. So I have both the Spider Verse movies. So Into and Across the Spider Verse. Both incredible movies. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse was one of the first movies that really got me super into animation because I was like, yo, this is really cool. Like, this is mm-hmm. this is sick. Um, and actually, if, for any diehard fans here, uh, if you remember the Across the Spider-Verse emergency pod, I, after our fir- all of our first viewings of Across the Spider-Verse, I actually still had Into the Spider-Verse above Across the Spider-Verse. In retrospect, I was wrong. However, just a testament to how good Into the Spider-Verse is, both movies 1,000% recommend. I think they're both on Netflix or something right now. So either way, go watch them. Um, Next one, Avengers Endgame. Now, definitely not my favorite of the Avengers. The reason this is in my honorable mentions, I like to, to, to kind of circle back to a lot of the conversations you guys like to have about your theater experience and kind of your experience going to watch movies. Um, that was a big inspiration for this and a lot of the picks on my list. Uh, I remember Concordia, shout out Concordia, although Concordia is going through some struggles right now, the school's facing, uh, you know, shout out to the students of Concordia. But the good thing about going to a small school is, uh, they can do really unique things. So around Avengers Endgame, our school, there's a local Cinemark that is 20 seater, beautiful movie theater. I went there for almost every movie I saw in Ann Arbor awesome awesome place 19 of the theaters have like those really nice couch cushion reclining chairs with like the little desk essentially to like hold your stuff awesome theater so they actually rented out a theater for the students you can get you could get a ticket through the school for like eight bucks and then they rented it out it was awesome experience um however the night before um some of my teammates and i were like man we really don't want to wait till tomorrow because this is end game right you know the end game hype that was surrounding it so we trekked about 20 25 minutes through a storm uh to jackson michigan to this dumpy little theater out there and saw it there with a just crazy packed crowd opening night and that was that was insane like that was that experience was just something i couldn't leave off this list because it was something that is so unique um, it was really a great really story. Cool. Yeah, yeah I wish I cool. wish my Endgame watch was special, but it is the opposite. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a toss up. Were you was yours in theaters or was yours at home? Mine was I think two months after it came out. I, it was a midnight showing at Kendall, 
and it was me, my girlfriend at the time, and a middle-aged man sitting like three rows behind us, and that was a long three and a half hours. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So I, w- I will keep it moving, though. So uh, I have some more brief ones. A uh, thousand and one, which Ty has shouted out several times recently on the pods. Shout out to Jake Culp for the recommendation. Um, Steve Watts, you need to watch this movie. You will love it. I promise. Um, money back guaranteed. Uh, like it is is so good. And also a big reason I put it on this is because Ty actually likes it so much as been plugging it on blast. So I was like, I have to shout out that I love this movie. Tiana Taylor, as you noted, incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Keep moving on with this extensive honorable mention list. I apologize. Uh, both the Deadpool movies, I'm a sucker for Deadpool movies. I'm not going to lie. I understand Ryan Reynolds as general as an actor. Definitely very, um, I'll say polarizing in his performances in terms of, mm-hmm. is he good? Um, <laughs> but what I will say is Deadpool, he nails that role. He nails that archetype. And I just, I have a blast with both the Deadpool movies. So they're both on there. I have Big Daddy from 1999, the Adam Sandler film. Um, with the uh, the kid is the the Sprouse twins actually, um, yeah. and the reason it's on here is because it's one of the only movies that can make me cry every time uh, when he gets taken away from Sonny, who is uh, who is Adam Sandler's character. I cry every time. It just gets me. I don't know why. Um, had to throw that in there. Pulp Fiction uh, because Pulp Fiction was kind of the first quote unquote real movie I watched. I don't know. I was 16 and I, before then I was extreme casual. Like I was really only going to like, if my family wanted to go to something or if it was on TV, on FX, whatever. Right. I saw Pulp Fiction one day on Netflix was like, Oh, let's try this out. Watched it and was like, yo, Tarantino's goaded. And then I started watching other real movies and was like, okay, Tarantino's really good. But now I've seen other real movies, but I want to shout out Pulp Fiction because that was the first movie that got me into like loving movies. Really? So awesome. that's a big one. So that's a big one. Honestly, I had to make sure that was included. Oh my gosh. I'm almost through it. <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> the force awakens. I know this is a, a, also a mixed bag of reactions. I just remember I had a hockey game that day. went to my sister's game afterwards. I was 15. So my mom still had to drive me around. So my mom shout out to my mom for being the best ever. Um, uh, she drives me after my sister's game to the movie theater. I'm still in it. So hockey players growing up, you, most teams, if you had a game, you kind of had to dress up really nicely. Like you, we wear a sh- dress shirt, a tie, dress pants. Like that's how you go to games. Why? I don't know. It's hockey culture. I've been doing it my whole life, right? So <laughs> um, I'm still in like my dress shirt. I took off my tie, right? I'm loosened up, but I'm still in my dress shirt, dress pants. Did not care. I was like, I'm going to this movie opening weekend um went to it the the uh crawl the the star wars the classic star wars crawl to start it it, i still remember that moment so and honestly it's a big fan service movie works for me i love it i love i love the fan service and finn was supposed to be a jedi those are my only statements about it (laughs) um uh, down to our final three now uh of our honorable mentions sorry again for everyone at home Uh, i got rush hour two uh, the reason this is on here, so when you you have mentioned this before on the podcast, so I don't know if you remember the you do remember the the like the flip up DVD players. You put the DVD on one side, and you have a little screen you can hold yes. in your lap in the car. I remember yeah. you mentioned this, and I, we had that too. My sister and I did, and my dad, for context, I was probably like six, and she was like four. <laughs> um, my dad got us like four movies, 
And we would go on these long trips because my dad's from northern Minnesota, my mom's from Buffalo. So whenever we go visit family, those are long trips for little kids to be in the car. Mm-hmm. So we rotated those movies between each other probably a hundred times over a course of probably five or so years. Uh, and Rush Hour 2 is the one. It was Rush Hour 2, a hunting documentary or whatever, um, uh, Dodgeball, and I can't remember the other one. Also, uh, Rush Hour 2 and Dodgeball were uncut, unrated versions for a six Ooh. and four-year-old. The good news is we were six and four, so we didn't understand what was happening. But <laughs> wow, wow, that was a choice. That was a yeah. choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I have a lot of fond memories. I love the Rush Hour movies because of that and really because of Rush Hour 2. Um, more wholesome side, my favorite Disney movie probably ever is Moana. I think it just clears. I love that movie. I still have wow. some of the songs from Moana on the soundtrack on, on like my like saved music. Um, I love it. I, you know, I, I would say whenever my daughter's over, if she wants to watch a movie, not as much anymore. Cause she's a big princess diaries girl, which mm. I get it. Anne Hathaway's slays. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, when she was younger, I'd be like, you want to watch Moana? And she wouldn't really care. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to put something on the TV. It's going to be Moana because I'm going to sit there and watch that. <laughs> um, and then my final one, I saw this on TikTok yesterday that made me remember it. And I love this movie as well. And that's Real Steel, uh, Hugh Jackman, 2011, uh, fighting robots, uh, old washed up boxer career. Awesome still nonetheless. And I... I just have a huge soft spot for that movie. Put Hugh Jackman in more non-Wolverine projects. Let him be a silly little guy or let him be intense. I don't care. I just love seeing Hugh Jackman. I like him as as Wolverine, but I also like him in other things, including Real Steel. Real Steel is such like a weird like subgenre of movies that briefly took over Hollywood. It felt like with like that, all the transformers Pacific rim, like just these weird, like mech kind of machinery fighting aliens or other machinery. Yeah. And if real steel works, if you have seen, I've heard Pacific rims good. I haven't seen it, but if you, if you want to see one that 1000% holds up real steel, man, you will not be disappointed. Well, Jake, you have successfully made the first ever list to include Waves and Big Daddy. So I'm I'm sure this top five is going to be absolutely crazy as well. Yeah, it is. It is. So let me jump right into that because, again, I don't want to waste any more of the listeners' time after I just rattled off about 15 honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> we, just got, we just got a message from uh, producer producer Jack. Uh, that this is this, yes, this was just honorable mentions. I've been rattling off 15 of them. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> starting with my top five, number five, we have Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Now, the reason this is number five on my list, I like the movie, I really do like the movie, great experience. The reason this is on my list is because of my experience going to watch it now. There are a couple historic theaters in downtown Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan Theater and State Theater. Now, State Theater is a little more modernized. It's it's like a movie theater, right? But it's just it looks cool when you go in. It's got this big, beautiful sign. Uh, looks cool. Um, very interesting. But mm-hmm. Michigan Theater is so unique. It's it's basically like a theater theater, right? They have a full auditorium theater, um, and then you can watch movies on it. And it's this big, old, beautiful building. It's got uh, this beautiful artistry, you know, at the on the ceilings and stuff. Um, it was my first and only time I've gotten to watch a movie in there. 
Um, and actually I didn't even get to sit and watch in the auditorium. We got the Marcel, the show got like the side theater. They had a smaller side theater that was literally just, um, pull out chairs and you'd sit in them or whatever. But, yeah. uh, the reason it was so cool besides the fact that it was really special to go watch something in Michigan theater was, uh, Katrina took me and she loves Marcel, the shell huge. She was watching Marcel, the shell, like when he was on YouTube, oh, wow. um, which I didn't even, I didn't know any of the context. So she was giving me all of the context while this is going on. Um, and it was a really cute movie, really good. Um, but it was a really, really cool experience to go to such a historic theater and watch something really good and enjoy that, uh, and enjoy something that, somebody I love also really, really enjoys. So that was, that was a very special night for me and a very special experience. So that's number five on my list. This is one of the few movies that I've actually gotten to see as like a pre-release facets invited me to a early showing of it. And I got to take Ryan Boone, who was the last top five last movies guest. And we had just the best time until the grandma in front of our, us started playing. I think it was CNN news, like blasting on her phone and she couldn't figure out how to turn it off. It went on for like three minutes and everybody was like, shut up, just turn it off, please. Um, right in the middle of the movie. But Marcel, the shell, I think not just, I, I think that 15 years from now when, the, the the kids who were three when this came out, three, four, five, are going to say, like, this is one of their blast movies because it's kind of rare to see children's films, especially it feels like now, that have something more to say about the world than just, like, you should respect each other. like And this movie, I think, does a really good job at expressing a lot of emotions that are fairly complex for children and presenting it in a way that's easy for them to understand. Yeah, it's a story about a seashell that gets internet famous and and goes across the country, and and it is beautiful. Every second of it is beautiful. It is sounds like a silly premise. Watch it. You won't be. You will not be disappointed. Um, it, shout out to Katrina Padron for hooking me up with that one because great movie, great movie. Hell yeah, we gotta we gotta get Katrina on the pod for her top five blast movies sometime. I'm sure it'd be a wild ride. Oh, absolutely. I can guarantee Fantast- uh, Fan- Fantasia, excuse me. Fantasia is definitely top three. I know that's top three for her Black movies. She loves that movie. But she would definitely, you should. She should. She would love it. She's a big <laughs> fan as well, as you guys are well aware. So, awesome. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I will jump to number four. And this is something that I know both you and Ty will be very proud of. I have the worst person in the world. Uh, and. That is another special experience, partially because another, again, another amazing movie, but also my experience going to it. So quick story time, although I've had plenty of story times already. Um, So Katrina and I, you and Ty had both recommended this to me, I know. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I, I think Katrina and I both had Sunday, we had a Sunday off, which I, you know, in college I was working most of the other days, but Sundays were always off because I worked in sports. So we had a Sunday off and the nearest theater was like half an hour away that showed it. We didn't think much of it. We're like, yeah, we'll go on an adventure. This was actually our like first time probably going to like a non like local area cinema to go see a movie. Um, so we went out, went out to go see it and we get our tickets, we get our popcorn. This place is a little more expensive than the one we're used to. I'm like, oh, this, <laughs> this is, I'm right pissed off. Right. So 
we get into the theater and I'm, I'm just, I'm very hopeful because you guys had talked so highly about it. Understandably so, by the way. Um, and the first trailer comes up and it's in Swedish or some mother Scandinavian language. And Katrina's like, is this movie in English? And I was like, oh, I'm sure it is. It's just an indie movie. That's why we got a foreign language film on the previews. Second trailer comes. Another indiscernible Scandinavian tongue. Uh, I send a text <laughs> to you and Ty going, what language is this movie in? You guys go Norwegian, right? Yeah, Norwegian. Yep. And I was like, gosh darn it. Because um, I hadn't watched a ton of movies at the time with subtitles. I'd watched like Parasite, but everybody had watched Parasite, right? <laughs> and the next two hours and whatever the change was for that movie were some just incredible. It was an incredible two hours and whatever the total is. It was a beautiful movie about growing as a person and about loss and about love and about regrets. And also the thing that I really stuck with me, especially on my first watch was uh, the beautiful scenery and the way they shot it. I remember I left the theater and the first thing I told Katrina was, I want to go to Oslo. Now, I'm not a huge vacation guy. I really am not. I'm more of a homebody, which is a bit annoying, I'm sure, um, for everybody else around me. <laughs> but uh, um, I was like, dude, we got to go to we got to go to Oslo. That was that was beautiful. And it really is such a stunning movie. There's a scene early in it where they're smoking cigarettes. I can't remember if it's sunrise yeah. or sunset, but but it's like. It's the main character and one of the love interests of the story. And in the background, it's just this beautiful, again, sunrise, sunset. Can't remember for sure. Um, and it was like, I don't know if I had ever seen anything that beautiful shot in a movie before. And I was just like, something something clicked for me. And and on top of that, this movie is like a top three movie for me all time. So while Blast movies don't need to be your top five movies necessarily, this one, in this case, definitely is. And that experience was incredible. Yeah, it, it does do a great job of convincing you to come to Oslo. But I want to ask you about your favorite scene in this movie, because there are so many just, in my opinion, perfect scenes that are just constructed 10 out of 10 top to bottom. So I, I want to hear your take here. Okay, that's a tough question, because you, you're right. There are so many great scenes do you want me to I kick would... you off? Yeah, yeah, you go, you go. And let me let me think a little bit for sure. Okay. I think for me, it is, it's it's close between um, Axel's nostalgia speech where they are on the park bench and he starts crying about not looking forward anymore and just wishing that things would go back to how they used to be. Very powerful uh, speech and one that I send to Ty all the time just to torture him. And then the other one is actually when Axel is later on in his cancer and he and Yuli are in the car and uh, he says, like, I, I don't want to go to heaven. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to go back to living in my apartment with you. Like, that's the only thing he wants. And... I think this movie does a number of things phenomenally well, but the best emotion I think it makes uh, it, it conveys is regret and longing, like just wanting so badly to do things differently. 
Yeah, and I want to jump on that, actually, because I think something that this movie does really well is I think in a lot of movies, when you're looking at talking about a character arc, it's tough for them to handle like such a regretful person as Axel was because you normally they have some sort of growth. They're like, oh, something is looking forward for me. Something that I did or something that happened to me gives me a reason to look forward for this or there's some lesson that comes with it. With this movie, quite frankly... I mean, as you know, it's Axel gets, and I apologize for anyone for the spoiler, but Axel gets a terminal cancer and, you know, he has nothing to look forward to and just kind of his reminiscing of his life before. And as you mentioned, the regrets and longing, it's can be really easy to mess that up, I feel like. And they did it brilliantly. I mean, you really feel it and you really get an impact out of something that necessarily when you look on paper, isn't your like prototypical character arc or character growth it's more just a character who realizes their wrongs and is like i'm sorry i sucked i miss it but at the same time you're like i get it because that is another thing i want to say is is the most human movie i've ever watched probably at least like Mm -hmm. a top three in terms of just like i get it like that's that's a, a life experience it's crushing it's demoralizing at times it's uplifting at other times but it is it's it's the human experience yeah, Ty and I have talked a lot about how it's it's strange to most relate out of all the movies we've seen to a, a female character, but Yuli is like literally everybody. Like she is one of the most well-crafted, well-written characters I've ever ever seen in a movie. Absolutely, and and I will. I'm not going to avoid this. Uh, I've I've come up with my idea of what my favorite scene. Awesome. Um, so my favorite, favorite, it's a bit cliche cause I know this is kind of more of the feature material, but it's when time freezes for, for Yuli before she comes back to Axel. So this is, you know, pretty early still in like the story, um, when time freezes and it's not, it is partially because of the storytelling in the moment, but it's also because of, um, like the, just the shots like she's walking again once again talking about how be- beautiful oslo is it is really really pretty when she's just she's walking through a frozen world just ex- you know kind of feeling a first sense of freedom she's felt in a while now uh, is it valid or not we we find out obviously probably not as much as she thought but that's part of the human experience she's getting that first experience of like I guess a new love, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it is, I, I, I love that scene. I really do. Great humor in it too. I will always remember the gag of her moving the boyfriend's hand from the hip to the, to the butt. I laughed so hysterically in the theater at that. <laughs> I was going to say another one of the good humor parts is when she's working, they, her and Axel had broken up. She's working out at the gym and he's on tv basically getting canceled um, <laughs> i just i crack up at it it's funny it's really funny because you know axel at this point is still not necessarily the villain but he's kind of i don't know like you you still have kind of mixed feelings about him so for me when i was watching it i was like this is kind of funny and then obviously things kind of turn and you're like okay maybe it wasn't as funny as i thought it was but but in the moment very funny Yes, it does. It has a lot of great funny moments. It, it When I went to see it the first time, I just knew that it was described as the rom-com for people who hate rom-coms. And it's a pretty great description. I totally agree. Totally agree. 
Any other questions right. or should I move on to three? Yeah, let's let's hear your number three. This is going to be a fun one. This uh, was partially, if not uh, very largely, inspired by some of your previous pods once again. Um, you guys have had a pod about your top 10 sports movies. You've had pods about like your favorite movies to watch with like your mom and your dad, which oftentimes include sports movies once again. I have a movie that I have let you know has been consistently <laughs> omitted from the list and has been wrongfully omitted from the list. And that is Miracle, the 2004 movie that is based on the true story of the 1980 United States men's hockey Olympic gold medal winning team. Herb Brooks delivers, in my opinion, geez, Louise, I'm blanking here. Not Herb Brooks. That's the real person. Um, Why am I blanking? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell Uh. (laughs) delivers one of, if not his best performance of his career. And we're talking a guy that has had a ton of really, really good performances. Dude, I don't know. I'm sure you haven't seen Miracle. Dude, go watch Miracle. Her, uh, Mel, uh, Kurt Russell, she's Louise, as as um, Herb Brooks, who was, the, who was the head coach on the team. Incredible. He is so good in that movie. And that's what the movie centers around is him, which is smart, right? If you're going to center the movie around somebody, make it like your... A plus list celebrity actor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, incredible movie. Now, of course, I'm biased. I'm a hockey player. However, objectively, it's just so good. It is such a good movie. I can you you go pull and and this 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 movie does numbers in the hockey community. Like I'd say, if you went and pulled like a thousand hockey players or former hockey players you'd get like 99.9% saying miracles, their favorite sports movie. Like it is, it, it is, it's got a height grip on the hockey community. Half the people I've played with before can recite the Herb Brooks speech before they go out and play the Soviet union in the Olympics. Um, it is incredible. It does a really good job of actually kind of talking and, and making real um, context of what was happening in the eighties. Uh, for example, the Iran hostage situation, uh, inflating gas prices. They have, there is, there's a moment in the scene, they're having a Christmas and they, uh, someone is driving home. I believe it's Herb in this case, but he's driving home from like the team Christmas dinner. And they have Jimmy Carter's address, uh, uh, to the nation, the state of the union address from, it was the year before, I believe that he actually delivered it. And then in the movie, it's like, he turns on the radio and it's like, this is a replay from his state of the union address from last new year's. And, and if, if for any context for anyone who does not know this Jimmy Carter, like address to the nation was very dismal because the United States at that point was in a bad situation. Um, you know, unemployment had gotten really bad. Gas prices were rising highly. Sound familiar. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 um, there was a ton of things going very poorly. And Jimmy Carter was not a very popular president, overly popular president at his time of, of working now. Right. I wish people, you know, in retrospect, he's very popular. I love him. A lot of people do, but at the time he wasn't that popular. And he basically, it sets such a tone for this movie of like, America's like riding on the backs of these college kids who aren't even, most of them aren't even good enough to go play pro ever. And they have to go play the best team to ever exist in hockey at least at the time and they and they do and they do for anyone who wants a spoiler uh the men's team won gold 
so for they beat the Soviet Union, who had won the previous four Olympics and like 13 world championships. Like we're talking like a real life David and Goliath. And then they brought it to a movie and made it even cooler. So that's my pitch for Miracle. I'll let you ask any questions you want, but it belongs on any sports top 10, top five list. Period. So I have, I have seen this movie one time. Can you guess the context? Oh, yes, I do know. I, I think I do know the context of this. This was when you, uh, I believe, I, if I'm wrong, you can tell me, but I believe it was when you won uh, student, like volunteer of the year for SD308 and they gave you like a package with it in there. Is that it or is Actually, that the wrong movie? That was that was We Are Marshall, I think. Um, no, I watched this movie in fifth grade U.S. history class. Huh. That would that would add up too. <laughs> and I remember being like, "Yeah, this is a great, great sports movie." But I think as a non hockey player, and not even just a non hockey player, but a non hockey watcher, it was tough for me to really rank it as high as as anything that has to do with baseball, football, or basketball. That said. Yeah. When when we talk about hockey movies, I think there are two main like juggernauts that people decide between, and it's Miracle and the Mighty Ducks. What what's your logic here, choosing Miracle over over Ducks? Dude, Miracle clears Mighty Ducks so quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. I do. I grew up on the Mighty Ducks movies as well. Watched all three, all bangers. <laughs> Mighty Ducks two is probably the best. This was the, that in rush hour two was that era where you can make a sequel and it would be better than the original because they just had the sauce and then you'd make a third movie and it's like, what are we doing here? But it was like the second one was still really good. Um, I, I love the mighty ducks growing up. It's cool. What sets miracle apart is this is a grown up movie. And it's also, I think if you go back and watch it, I think a big challenge a lot of sports movies have, understandably so, is getting athletes, especially in a sport like hockey. You're going to need, you know, 60, however many, you know, extras essentially that know how to skate, that can play in a good way. Now you get a little bit of help because this movie is filmed in 2004 and these guys are from the 80s. So hockey naturally progressed much more talent over that 20 year span. However, the the talent of the guys skating that is 20 real hockey players you you can't tell me otherwise i don't know the exact careers of every actor that was in that movie those were all hockey players like it looks like a real movie none of it looks fake none of it looks like they like set anything up it looks like guys were playing in the game and they do such a good job with that and the choreography of it while i say it doesn't look set up if you like compare like especially the goals that they like highlight um to like the real life goals, they are so similar. I mean, they, they do a, they do such a good job of making it a historically accurate representation of what happened, at least in like the, the, like the publicly known scenes. Now, don't get me wrong. Like the famous Kurt Russell speech, which shout out producer Jack for being part of the Kurt Russell hive. Um, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't happen. They, 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 the famous speech that every hockey player can recite just about, didn't actually happen to that extent. They've asked players from the team. They're like, no, it wasn't like that. But the actual, like it, it won. Don't care. That just got, it, it'll, you know, I'm running through a wall every time I hear the speech. Um, and, and a lot of the other speeches in, and a lot of the other moments in it. Um, but also it, it's just so cool how 
well they do this movie. It, it just, you know, Disney was cooking. And again, this is 2004 Disney. So this is probably prime Disney. So I'm not, I shouldn't right. be that shocked that it was this good, but man, like it, it objectively. And again, I can't be that objective because I'm a hockey player, but I feel like objectively, if you go back and give this movie another chance, you will see kind of what I'm talking about. Like this is a good, good movie, especially for a sports movie. Maybe I'll check it out over the next week or so. Tune into the next pod and I'll talk about it. But right now, number one on my watch list is a thousand and one. <laughs> that's that's a good one too. Honestly, that's a good double feature. That should that should that should link up nicely. Um, hmm. But I can jump to my number two if you're good to go there. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, cool. This is another special one for me. Um, this is the Mitchells versus the Machines, an animated movie that came out in 2021. The reason this is so high, this is, I mean, this is number two on my all-time blast movies, and I've only watched this movie one time. Now, why, Jake, is this movie number two? This movie got a reaction out of me that I have never had before, that I have never had since. Uh, Besides the fact that I later that night got food poisoning and Katrina had to take care of me for a day and a half, um, (laughs) uh, during the actual movie, I think I cried probably four times, like, like uncontrollably, like not like I could not stop myself. Like I wasn't even aware some of the times that I was like crying. Like I was like sitting there watching the movie, like face all puffed up, cheers just streaming down my cheeks. And Katrina's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. This this is great. (laughs) Dude. I love the movie. It's so good. And it's such a cool family structure and like just a great commentary on like, uh, like uh, father daughter relationships uh, parent child relationships uh, the world uh as well you can throw that in there but um oh man i this this movie it's like i said how big daddy gets me every time i think if i tried to watch this again i would once again probably cry four times <laughs> Mitchell's versus the machines i watched i think last year i think i was like a year late on it but I I had such an amazing time with it too. I wish that more animated movies were like this. This feels like something that should have been made in like 2005 Disney era kind of thing, but instead it was made today and I think that it is better for that with all of the technology and stuff that they show and a lot of the gags, but I in general this is damn near a perfect movie, I think. It is. That's the crazy part. Like, like movie grade is at least an A, maybe an A plus. I don't remember if Blast was around when Katrina and I watched this. Like the actual app was around. I will have to go back and double check because if we gave a rating, it would have been a high one. Like this is obje- like outside of like everything that like tore my heartstrings and stuff. This is a really good movie and it's a great animated movie and they had that meme where it was like uh for a while not necessarily meme but it was like the animation is cinema if you've ever Mm -hmm. seen that on like twitter or instagram or something with like the lady holding the sign that is from that movie the the words aren't from that movie but that the (laughs) the the the, the screen grab that they have is from that movie thousand percent check it out i think also a guy kind of got brushed under the rug because it was a netflix release yeah should have got way more love than it got because that was that's one of those type of movies that if you put that in theaters i think it makes uh, 250 300 million 
honestly like i think it's, it's got that to good. kids movies perform so well usually um but this is also just such a special one that it feels like it, it, like you might not have revisited it because it had such an emotional toll on you but i can imagine kids would want to watch this like every day for a month <laughs> I, 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 now that I'm like talking about, it, I, I do want to go back and watch it again, but, um, uh, and, and, you know, maybe release something from my system. Cause it, it obviously got something out of me the first time I, yeah, dude, this is, it, it's one of those movies that really connects well with both kids and adults, I feel like. And, and it's, it's a special experience and it right. was a really special, it was a special watch for me. And that's why it's got a special place in my blast top five. It's it's really hard when you're making a movie about a family too to really round out like every character and it feels like every because it's a four person family and even the dog I feel like is a well rounded character in this uh, whereas if you look at something like at Frozen let's say like I feel like you can you can tell Elsa and Anna's respective traits but then if you extend it to like the guys then it kind of falls apart and then there's Olaf who has nothing like this movie every character has their own motivations has their own depth it's uh, it's really wonderful their own their own interpersonal relationships with one another and then you get to see how that works out in a family dynamic and I think that's something that's also very um, relatable, something that you can like without even trying, just connect to. Cause we all have that experience. We all know what it's like to be in a family and like how my relationship is with X versus my relationship with Y and how X and Y's relationship is and how that affects how I work with everyone. You know, it, it's such a, even though the movie is like apocalyptic quote unquote, right. You know, an apocalypse <laughs> level yeah. extreme threat. Um, it's something where I'm like, I can see this on just a normal road trip. Cause that's like the context of the beginning of it. Um, right. But yeah. Awesome. Movie. Yeah. And, and it does all of this in under two hours, which is just miraculous filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. You know, something uh, Argyle just had more story to tell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one way to put it. All right. I have been waiting to talk about this movie with you for this entire pod. I can't wait for you to introduce your number one. So my number one, don't get too hyped up about it, everyone at home, but it is one that you need to immediately, when you turn off this pod, turn on your TV and watch. Uh, it is I Lost My Body, a 2018 French film. Uh, it follows this boy named Nafoul and his uh, relationship and building relationship with a crush that he has. Also, potentially the loss of body part uh and the journey of that body part as well it sounds very funky it is my favorite movie of all time it is another one of those movies this is probably the movie that like elevated me from like an animation lover maybe like really high like maybe like slow level love to like an emphatic like animation is the best thing to ever happen to this world uh is a beautifully animated story uh we have talked about it before about having some sort of pod to talk about it here's our chance right um i'm sure i've brought it up before on the pod somehow somewhere um it is it is a beautifully touching story i know you ty have both seen it um based off of because of my non-stop request to go watch right, it yeah um yeah and and funny story you know it, it, it was 
the reason I watched it was I was once again I was with Katrina. Shout out Katrina for making sure this list is like semi decent by forcing me to watch semi decent movies. Uh, and it was one of those nights we have like different like we would have different attitudes some nights. Like some nights you want to watch something kind of cheesy, kind of bad, right? Some nights you want to watch something really good. And we had one of those nights where we're like we want to watch something really good, uh, animated, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think we spent like an hour, each of us just going through different articles, finding all these top ranking movies, reading all of like the brief synopses of, you know, finding their, their scores on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, stuff like that. And we came down to three movies and I can't remember the other two for the life of me, but the other one was obviously I lost my body. Yeah. We decided to turn it on. And within about 20 minutes, I was like, this may be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. And I was right. I was right. My intuitions were correct greatest movie to ever enter this brain (laughs) um so my first watch was also fairly memorable for this my friend kate had asked if i could come and like fix her ipad or something it was a saturday morning and i was walking over there and it was really cold it was snowing outside i was like i'm not gonna walk back right after i fix this damn ipad we're gonna have to do something so I'm like, all right, Jake has been telling me to watch this movie called I Lost My Body. And at the time that you had been recommending this to me, there was a big abortion crisis in the news. <laughs> and so I had just assumed that this was going to be a very like soul-crushing, depressing movie about abortion. And instead, I was like, oh, it's animated and it's about a hand. This is fucking awesome. Kate, however, absolutely hated it. She says she still has nightmares about the hand. Uh, so that's where it lost her. But I was just sitting there like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And I vividly remember walking home that day. I had put on Horizon, which is one of my favorite tracks. The score is by Dan Levy. And just watching the falling snow as I was walking home across a campus that I hated, but felt very beautiful with that soundtrack behind it and i will never forget that like moment of just wonder that that feels so so awesome part of the reason i love this movie i'm not as like much of a uh score quote-unquote nerd as you and ty are right you guys are Mm -hmm. really 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 into that as you should be i mean that score makes a movie like you can't have a great movie without at least a good score, right? That's kind of right. my thought process of like, do you need a perfect score to have a great movie? No. But if you have a perfect score, that elevates whatever you have to being pretty great. Right. This is is about as close to a perfect score as I've ever listened to. Um, even if you don't watch the movie, I go listen to like the album, the, the, the soundtrack of like just the playlist of the score of the movie and you will probably be watching the movie by halfway into it. It is so cool, such a cool score and, and such a great story, such great character development for a boy and his hand, because just as much as, as no fool is the main character. So is his hand. Um, I believe the right hand off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's right hand. I'm like Mm -hmm. 95% sure it's his right hand. Um, and, the story of both of their growth because it's kind of the way the story is told is, is it's a journey of of um 
kind of like a coming of age story for both, for both right. Nafool and the hand for Nafool. It is, he meets a girl that he likes. He maybe does some really, really interesting, makes some really interesting decisions to be around that girl more often, find yeah. something else that he's very passionate about and ends up doing something that he considers very sweet for her, but then has to come face the consequences of all of the other decisions he had made that had built off of essentially an initial decision, which I will not completely spoil for anyone because I do want you to watch this and not have a full idea of at least what goes on. Um, he, it's, it's, he learns in this story, like what it is to be a person and how to change fate, how to change your fate. I know that's your favorite part of this movie is the, of the changing your destiny. Um, right. and there's this crazy scene at the end that again, watch this movie. You will be freaking out when you watch it. I promise the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh my God, this movie's going to end that way. And then it ended <laughs> a thousand times better. And I was like, Oh, this is incredible. Um, yeah. because it gets really dark really, really quickly. Um, but then in, in like the literally a shot of adrenaline gets driven through you for the end of it. Um, and they both kind of learn like what it's like to live life with their destiny and to learn that um, it's okay to not necessarily get the thing that you thought you were supposed to have or that you feel like you have to be with or be in. Instead, taking whatever is stacked against you and learning to live the life that you need or learning to let others live the life that they should have. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be in terms of crossing paths and being together. And I think uh, it's just a beautiful story, a beautiful message. Again, the just most intense, incredible score I have ever listened to. And and a 1000% recommend a triple plus blast grade, like, like five stars and then five stars again on letterbox i'm I'm a bright i'm a break the servers just to figure out how to double that score that's how good this movie is i will be ride or die for this film for the rest of my life it is insanely beautiful i agree uh the first time i watched this i think i gave it a four or a four and a half stars because a lot of now fools um <laughs> actions are are pretty ethically questionable and <laughs> I grew to appreciate that uh, because he does grow a lot in this movie. And I think that by the end of this movie, he would look back on those actions and think like, oh, that's so creepy and weird. Um, but I think that, like you said, the, the the real beauty of this film lies in its kind of treatise, I guess, on fate. Uh and that that conversation that Nalful and the girl that he's into <laughs> have on the rooftop. I can't remember her name, but I'm looking it up right now. Give me um, he talks about how fate has you on one path. And if you do something completely unexpected, you can break free and fake out fate, which is such an interesting concept to me. Obviously, my favorite movie is a ghost story, which also has a lot to do with fate, destiny that kind of just like predestination uh, idea. And I like the idea of being able to uh, make your own path by, by doing something that no one could expect. 
Yeah. So her name is Gabrielle, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. which is understandable. I, I forgot her name as well, obviously. And that's a great point, too. I, I love I know you absolutely love that message of the movie. And it is I mean, it's the main core message. I like the point that you made about how Nofu would look back on his actions, because that's the thing. When I say like no fool is like probably my favorite character I've ever gotten to like be with in a movie, like go along a ride with. I understand that not everything he does is necessarily the best decision, but you, like you said, like by the end, the no fool that grows into who he is by the end of the movie is one, a completely different person. And two, someone who understands like, more about life you could just you just know he does and also this question about decisions just for anybody who's aware it's not like anything that's like treacherously horrible it's kind of more of a compounding of like he makes one decision that's like probably shouldn't be doing this that's a little weird (laughs) and then it just it it just and then the rest of the decisions again morally maybe in the middle but like compounded with everything that precedes it in the context of everything is like oh man probably shouldn't be doing this uh yeah he doesn't necessarily hurt anyone it's just like a like weird i don't know he's a weird it is no it is it is it is because like if you just told like the story of no fool and gabrielle like from what we all know as an audience like as bare bones without any context or anything, how they meet. Like if you start from the beginning and go, so after this string of storytelling, this is how they officially meet. And then this is how, you know, they learn about how they first met. Right. You'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, but it's just such, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole string of context and it's, it's, you're right. I like how you put that. Like he doesn't necessarily hurt anybody until things go down. Right. It's like a slow progression of like, you're sitting on top of like these, this string of maybe questionable decisions or at least compounding questionable decisions. And then the second, like the rug gets pulled out from under you on one of those, it's, it's a straight, like, it's not even a slide. It is, it is, we are on, we are, we are going to the peak and we are straight down. And that is how this story is told. And it, couldn't be told any other way and it is jarring and beautiful and something that you should spend an hour and 21 minutes speaking of quickness 81 (laughs) minutes of your life i promise you can give up 81 minutes of your life and a little bit of uh head straining to read some subtitles to watch this movie they do have an english dub version which is voiced by dev patel by the way no fool is right yeah um, in the english dub so if you want to listen to an English dub, you can just do that too. I I watch it in French because I'm not a dub guy, not a fan of yeah. dubbing. Um, but a purist. I'm a purist. I'm a purist, man. That's that's just me. I'm a I'm a film purist for sure. Night at <laughs> Museum one and two when we're talking real cinema. Yeah. The, no. The real reason that um, Nowful is the best character you've ever watched is because you haven't gotten to see Madame Web yet. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, okay, real quick though, when you brought up how long Argyle was, simultaneously while you were talking about the movie, I actually looked up Madam Web because I wanted to see how long it was. I didn't see Madam Web, but I, I obviously know that it is a massive flop and failure. So I was curious about how long it is. Hour 54. So if you want to save 33 minutes of your life and watch one of the best movies of all time instead of 
Dakota Johnson being like, you met my father when he died studying spiders in the Amazon, whatever the line is, do it. <laughs> I promise it's much more worth it. It's a great recommendation. Animation is more than just cartoons. And thank you so much to Jake for joining us on this week's pod. Ty and I can't wait to bring everybody more of this style of episode. We have so much fun filming these. Um, I Before I let you go, Jake, I do have to just make an interesting observation. So Boone was on last week, and he had uh, a lot of childhood movies on here saying that they had like really formed memories. And I'm noticing that all of these movies have been from the last three years, which is just cool to see that, like, like you said, you didn't really watch movies as a kid and you've grown to love them and appreciate different types of movies in different ways. And I really love uh, that sentiment. I really appreciate you having me on and let me talk about that sentiment because it is different for me. It's a, I have a very different experience of like what I hold dearly than Boone did. And I think that's really cool. And it's really cool that you guys get the opportunity to feature this both for yourselves and for people that are within your you know, kind of internal or more personal community. And I think that's really awesome. I'm really grateful for that. And hopefully we can keep spreading this to all the blasters. Is that an official? Is that like appropriate? The blasters <laughs> out there. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> Blaster. I hardly know her. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Blast Podcast. Be sure to check out our website for all our latest content and news at blastmovies.net, as well as our Instagram at blast underscore movies underscore and our TikTok at blast.movies for podcast clips and more content. We will catch you all next week.